Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our friends at Bet Online they continue to get it done as the number one online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. And all you have to do is head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up. Make your first sports bet using our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. MLB, NFL, golf, and everything in between. Bet online, where the game starts. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy, Brewerton Ace Hardware, and our great friends over at the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Hey, if you're looking to become a better leader, both personally and professionally, definitely go with the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Scott and his team, they have a bunch of different things, classes, video tutorials, and more, and a free podcast to listen to as well at the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor, and I do want to throw a tip of the cap thank you out there as well to Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and MyHotTub.com. Super excited to bring on former big leaguer. I play with the Rangers, Red Sox, Rockies, and Blue Jays. Um, he's now doing great stuff in media. He's trying to push the game uh, and, and, and show people what the fundamentals are in this game that we've kind of lost uh, in, in that department and many, many other departments. But uh, let's bring in the former second baseman and now podcast host, Jeff Fry. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you're you're in the media world now. You're a podcast host. You're you know I know you're talking a lot about trying to bring our game back with uh, with Kevin Kernan and a host of others. Um, get into uh, how the podcast formed and uh, give my listeners a little bit. And I'm addicted to it, but give my listeners a little bit of an idea of what your message is. You know, to to baseball and to your fans. Yeah, well, I, I did have a podcast about just over a year ago. I did probably 12 or 13 episodes, just kind of trying it out. And, you know, it went pretty well, and I kind of took a break from it. And then I was approached by uh, Kevin and, and Dave D'Agostino, who do the Coach and Kernan podcast. And um, they asked me if I wanted to start up again, and uh, I couldn't resist. And I just have too much I want to say about the game and the state of the game. And I, I think it's important to have guys who played this game for a long time and career major leaguers who are, you know, having a hard time watching the game anymore. To me, that's very alarming. I, mean, I was just thinking about some of the people that I've heard recently speak out about the state of the game. I mean, Don Mattingly, Rod Carew, Big Poppy, John Gibbons is speaking out and, it's just a lot of people in the game that love this game that, you know, would always watch a game or go to a game because it was in their blood. And now these guys can barely watch the game. And to me, that should be alarming. It really is alarming. And I'm concerned, Jeff, if we're ever going to get it back. I'm worried too, buddy. I, I don't know. But I know it seems like uh, it's a lot more people speaking out now and i think the game is oh i think the game is in big trouble and if we don't try to do something man i I think we may never recover what when did you realize that it was kind of going in the in the wrong direction what was there 
was it immediately after Manfred got the commissioner spot? Was it the overall analytic part? Was it a game you were watching where you noticed something? When did you say, man, I just, this is just, isn't good. I can't pinpoint exactly when it was, but, um, and I don't think it was at the very beginning of Rob, Rob Manfred's tenure, but, um, when I started noticing the rule changes, um, you know, I think the f- first one I can remember besides instant replay was um, the three batter minimum for pitchers. And the next thing you know, it's we're experimenting in the Atlantic League with moving the mound back. And got the, I think the, the funniest one I ever heard was stealing first base. And I was like, what are we doing? It's like, we're gonna, really, you can reward a guy for swinging and missing and running to first base. I mean, is this I could see that happening in the playground, but not in the major league baseball field. No doubt. You played from 1992 to 2001 with four teams, um, the Rangers, Red Sox, Rockies, and Blue Jays. Can, can you take maybe um, a, a highlight or two from each place that you had, you know, what you, what you enjoyed the most about each stop? Yeah, well, I uh, came up with Texas in 92. Um, <clears throat> obviously, making your Major League debut is a highlight of any professional baseball player's career, and so but I had some good, you know, some pretty good years with Texas. I hit three, I believe, 327 in 94. I was Rangers rookie of the year in 92. Uh, then I went to Boston. Um, had some great times in Boston, four years there. I remember a walk-off base hit in Fenway off of John Wetland. You know, beating the Yankees as a Red Sox player was huge. I hit a, a walk-off home run. Uh, Darren Lewis, whose birthday was yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, hit a home run in the ninth to tie the game, and I came up behind him and hit a walk-off home run to go four for five that game. That was pretty great. And I went to Colorado. I hit really well in Colorado. was kind of a part-time player. Just really enjoyed uh, seeing some of the great players. I got to play with Todd Helton and Larry Walker, and that was a highlight. Uh, Todd Helton won the batting title that year in 2000 hitting 372 and had one of the most incredible seasons I'd ever seen. And then my last year in the big leagues was 2001 in Toronto. Um, had a rough year. I sustained a knee injury in spring training and was never really healthy the whole season, but somehow I managed to hit for the cycle on August 17th against my old team, the Texas Rangers. So that was, that was probably the highlight of, uh, of my year in Toronto. So I was talking about this with just a, a random person I, you know, ran into at Saratoga Racetrack this past weekend at the Travers, and um, you know, I, I just had mentioned to him because I could tell his accent. He was from Boston. He's a huge Boston sports fan, and um, we were chatting a little bit, and and we got into the old days. You know, we got into the the late '90s and early 2000s, and uh, those unbelievable matchups. You know, the ALCS in '99, and then 2003, of course. Um, I know you were gone by then, but you certainly experienced, what, four years in Boston, and, and, and a lot of that was 19 games against the Yankees where the theater really became as big as anything in sports, and that includes the NFL. I mean, if people don't remember this, the numbers were out of control for Yankee-Red Sox games. What was it like when you were about to play a series with the Yankees and knowing that the stakes are high, literally every second of it, what was going through your body? Could you feel the emotion on the way to the ballpark? Could you feel the pressure? What, what was it like going into a series? Uh, it was so exciting. It was, uh, you know, there was just this buildup 
that you knew that you you were the two top teams in your division and the, the history of the rivalry and you drive into the ballpark, you turn on the radio and all they're talking about is the Red Sox Yankees game tonight. And you get to the, it's just a different type of energy, a little bit of nervous energy because you know, the pressure's on and everybody's watching. But when you walk at that tunnel into the dugout, you can feel the electricity usually come out about 20, 25 minutes before the game to, you know, get your stretching in and play catch and, and uh, do a little running to warm up for the game. As soon as you stepped out of the dugout on that field in Fenway Park, you could you could feel the energy and it was incredible. And I mean, there'd be fights in the stands and, you know, the, the chance of Yankees suck. And I mean, it was just so exciting. Uh, nowhere else I ever played had anything close to that. You had a pretty good seat for some unbelievable Pedro Martinez years. Um, that guy was, uh, you know, he was he was unbelievable. Right. And so. What was it like to have that up-close look at the guy working his craft on the pitcher's mound and just baffling the opposition? Yeah, we knew we had a pretty good chance to win every fifth day. I can tell you that. And, uh, you know, I can remember playing second base when Pedro's pitching and, you know, no more playing short, and we would communicate the signs. And basically when Pedro was pitching, there wasn't a whole lot of action out in the field. We just turned around and looked at all the Ks out in the – in the outfield and I can remember looking at Nomar and you know we do the, the signs you know open mouth closed mouth to see who's covering the base if anybody got on base and I remember Nomar yawning and I was like <laughs> man what's dude wake up it's like he's got 15 punch outs so far but it was it was incredible to watch and I remember the Pedro Roger Clemens game in Yankee Stadium, that was an incredible experience also. No doubt. A couple more for Jeff Fry, the former big leaguer, of course, second baseman with four clubs, now doing a great job uh, in the sports media world. Uh, a player agent, how hard is it? How, 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 uh, what are the challenges? What, what's the easiest part about it? Get through that for, for me. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's a cutthroat industry. Um, I'm not really doing it as much as I used to. It's, uh, it can be pretty heartbreaking when you represent a guy and for 10 years and all of a sudden you get a text message that he's changed his mind and going with somebody else. So that's kind of hard. A lot of sleepless nights. It's really fun when when you represent a kid through the draft process and into the minor leagues and they make their major league debut. Uh, it's really rewarding. It feels like almost like you made it to the major leagues. Hmm. But the problem with that is once they get to the big leagues, then all the other agents start bothering them and trying to steal them from you. So it's, I tell people all the time that I'm just not that type of person. And, um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't go out and try and steal somebody else's clients. I'm too nice of a guy to be an agent. I believe. I remember when I sold local radio and, you know, when you'd get a new person on, whether they were trying radio or they hadn't been on your, your station before, you know, Right the second that they're on, because so many people are, you know, monetizing everybody else and they're they're listening. Oh, there's there's this, there's that. You know, there, there's another lead I have to call. Uh, sometimes you get assigned to go in and find in leads on stations by by your bosses. Right. And so it's funny because I got to a point sometimes where when I would get somebody on, I, I would warn them, you know, as a courtesy. I'd say, hey, you're going to get a lot of calls now because people know that you're out there, you know, advertising. It sounds a little bit like that for you. You know, you could sign somebody, but said, Hey, did it, your phone's going to keep ringing, man. You know? Yeah, no doubt. And some people can take it and some can't. And, um, 
you know, there's just not a, lo- a lot of loyalty in professional sports. Yeah. And me, me being a loyal person to a fault, it's just kind of hard when I know when someone, because I, I actually had to fire a couple agents in my career. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but uh, I knew I had to do it um, for the position I was in in my career. And maybe they weren't doing the job I thought they should do, but it's uh, when you get that phone call, man, it's, it's really no chance of walking them back. They've already made their mind up. Yeah, no doubt. Now, as a part of, you know, the She Gone podcast and the She Gone Nation that you're doing, um, you also put out a lot of video content on Twitter. And I love all of them. I love everything from the fun of the game to the fundamentals of the game, which whatever's left of it, you know, uh, as we've talked about. But certainly it is alive and well, at least at the youth level. Um, and I know that you just recently had Gary Gaetti on, so I kind of wanted to pair these two things together. Can you get into a little bit about you and Gary? Just I just felt like when I listened to you guys, how much you care about the game, um, what that interview was was like, your relationship with them, and that video content that you put out there. You're just trying to make people and help people understand that, like, this is still, it's still the game of baseball. You know, at the end of the day, not all the other crap. Exactly, and you could tell that. Uh, I'm glad you like the podcast. Gary's a great guy. Gary was a baseball player, man. He just was a hard-nosed player. I pride myself on being the same type of player that we just went out and when that first pitch was thrown, man, we were all business and, and we're just out there going to do anything we can possibly do to help our team win. And what we both see a lot out there in the amateur world with all the uh, instruction going on is it's a, it's a lot of nonsense and a lot of stuff that's in our opinion, is hurting kids' development and not helping them. And so the videos I post, I get a lot of flack from people because they say I'm going after the kids. I've never once said anything negative about a kid. The videos I post are not videos that I've made. They're videos that have already been posted. Um, But what I'm trying to do is educate people to the pitfalls of, of going to this these gurus that are teaching nonsense to kids and trying, you know, 10 year old kids are teaching them hit home runs. And it's, it's complete opposite of the fundamentals that I learned growing up, Gary learned growing up. And I think it's really hurting kids. And I've had a lot more positive feedback than negative. And the people that seem to be most against me are the people out there teaching this nonsense. So you were born in Oakland, California, I believe, but you ended up going to high school in Oklahoma. Um, you know, you played college baseball at Southeastern Oklahoma State University. When you were a kid, you know, when did you start falling in love with the game? Was it was it Oakland A's? Was it the 70s A's? You know, did you fall in love with that team and Reggie and then eventually Ricky? And, you know, did, what? where do your, you know, kind of where are your roots based as far as who you followed and, 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 and loved as a kid? Yeah, so I was born in Oakland, California. I lived there till I was 16. Um, I remember loving baseball as a little boy. Um, I have pictures of me holding a baseball bat when I'm like two years old. <laughs> I grew. I, I came into a family of, they didn't really play baseball. They did growing up. At this point, they were all playing softball. My mom and my uncles and aunts all played softball, fast pitch. And so we'd go to the games and, and all the kids would be on the side of the field playing baseball. And just really started loving baseball. I was brainwashed as a child by my uncle to like the Giants and the 49ers and to hate the A's and the Raiders. 
and I still feel the same to this day. <laughs> Always been a Giants fan. Um, but I, when I was 16, I moved to a small town in Oklahoma. I was living with my grandparents, and I moved with my aunt and uncle, four cousins, all girls. My grandmother, grandfather, and myself, we loaded up in a, in a pickup and a U-Haul and moved to a town of 2,000 people in eastern Oklahoma. Uh, two years later, I went to Carl Albert Junior College to play baseball and basketball, and then um, two years at Southeastern playing baseball. Um, 1988 was my last year, and I was drafted by the Texas Rangers in 1988. Wow. So the final thing I wanted to to chat with you about, you know, obviously w you and I and, and many others are, are just troubled with where we are with the game, but we still watch it. <laughs> we still care. Uh, we try to get through the really hard times watching the game, especially when the ghost runner runs out in the 10th inning. Um, all those different things. We're in the dog days of August now as we record this, and, and you know how it goes. It's a long season. Nobody knows better than you how long. We still have another month of, of baseball left. Um, but can you kind of, you know, from your vantage point, you know, outline what you what you see happening the rest of the way in, in Major League Baseball? Um you know, any storylines or races, some favorites in each league, H however you want to take it. Pujols is going towards, you know, 700. Um, wh what do you what do you have for me here on the rest of the baseball season? Yeah, this is the best time of year for me for baseball season. Um, September is, uh, you know, you really find out who's going to step up. And there's been some great, uh, great seasons. Aaron Judge having an incredible season. The Mets, since they got Buck Showalter are right in the thick of things. Both the Arenado and Goldschmidt and oh. St. Louis are, yeah. are killing it. And, I mean, this is the best time for me in baseball. I think it would be really cool to see um, the Mets and the Yankees maybe in the World Series or the or the Dodgers and the Yankees, uh, even though I hate the Yankees. Let's get, let's get that – make that perfectly clear. Um, I think it's great for baseball when you have these storied – franchises battling it out to win the, the world series title well this was awesome i knew it would be jeff fry second baseman in the big leagues for a number of years rangers red sox rockies and blue jays and make sure you go download and subscribe to the coaching current and podcast network she gone a part of it with jeff and his crew and go give him a follow on twitter because let me tell you the stuff that he sends out there if you're a baseball person if you want the game saved I, there's no there's no better handle out there right now uh talking about the game and, and the right parts of the game. And you can get them at O3JFry. That's O3JFRYE. Um, really appreciate the time here, Jeff. Congratulations on all your success, and hopefully we can do it down the road again. Yes, sir. I do appreciate it. I've uh, just um, confirmed my next guest for my podcast. will come out on Wednesday, Mr. Uh, Will the Thrill Clark. Oh, baby. I love it. Yeah, Will Clark. One of the sweetest swings in the in, in the game's history, I think. I man, I remember watching his career. He was he was fun to watch. He was. Uh, he was fun to play with, man. He was another guy that was just a hard nosed baseball player, a gamer, guy that you wanted on your team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jeff Fry, thanks a bunch. You're welcome, buddy. Download, subscribe, rate, and review the ML Sports Podcast where you get pods on your smartphone device. Thanks for listening. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and be sure to subscribe to my YouTube page, Mike L Sports, as well. We are brought to you by the Al and Angus Pub, Camilla's Golf Club, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our terrific, terrific friends over 
at Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. The awesome chicken tenders and nuggets, fries, mac and cheese. Stop by for breakfast with the burrito bowls and the breakfast sandwiches. And they have delicious, ready-to-made order uh, salads, uh, made-to-order salads, which are just absolutely through the roof great. I love the cop salad there. And you can get those tasty treats for your desserts as well. The delicious chocolate chip cookies and the shakes that are there as well. I've had the vanilla, I had the chocolate, they have a peach milkshake now for the summertime. Get on over to Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And a quick tip of the cap thank you as well to Stanley Law Offices, our title sponsor. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. Jeff Fry was amazing. Make sure again to go download, subscribe, rate, and review his podcast, She Gone, as a part of the Coach and Kernan Podcast Network. Uh, I'm Mike Lindsley. Thanks again for listening and uh, hey, as I always tell you, enjoy the games. MyHotTub.com is a global leader in the hot tub industry with over 25 years of experience. Their hot tubs are built in the United States with the highest standards of quality control, an extensive warranty, and customer service representatives available seven days a week. They offer free shipping to your home with factory direct pricing and incredible financing plans. Visit online at MyHotTub.com or stop in Destiny USA today. MyHotTub.com. Whether online or in person, you better hurry because these spas won't last. Celebrate your whale of a dad with a fudgy the whale ice cream cake from the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design your dad wants, they make it happen. Your dad deserves a tasty treat this Father's Day. Soft serve ice cream, milkshakes, sundaes, shakes, and more. America's favorite since 1934. Carvel. Open seven days a week. Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Stop in today. Fudgy the whale is waiting for you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.